Welcome back to Growing Places, a podcast about all things economic development here in the Sioux Falls metro area, brought to you by the Sioux Metro Growth Alliance. Welcome back to Growing Places, your regional wrap-up of all things economic development in the Sioux Metro area. I'm your host today, Sheldon Jensen, an economic development specialist here with the Sioux Metro Growth Alliance, and today we're talking with one of our wonderful members, one of our utility partners in the region, Sioux Valley Energy. Today, I have uh, Jay Buckles, Key Accounts and Community Relations at Sioux Valley Energy. How are you doing, Jay? Hey, thanks for having us on, Sheldon. And I have Ben Pearson. Ben is the, let me see if I can get this right, the Manager of Beneficial Electrification. Very good. Nice job. Is I, it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on. Is it? It's manager, right? No. That is correct. Okay, yeah. I was going to say director, but you then I it. wasn't sure. Um, so, you know, guys, how's how's the electric world going these days? Ben? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's good. Uh, you know, we're we're seeing a, a pretty big transition with um, electrification, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, there's a lot of a lot of things happening in, in the electric industry. Um, and, you know, at Sioux Valley Energy, we try to stay on top of it. Um, and so, yeah, we're excited to meet those challenges. Yeah, and we're grateful to have you guys as a partner in our region. Um, Jay, I noticed you put that question about electricity over to Ben. How did you get associated with Sioux Valley Energy? Yeah, What's so your background? I, I actually am more comfortable in your chair, Sheldon, because <laughs> I also host the podcast and I'm usually interviewing Ben and other people at the cooperative or even key accounts. So I'm usually the one asking all of these questions. So I came from the broadcast industry, uh, did a lot of time in sales, working for a local TV uh, um, TV station. And uh, so utilities was pretty brand new to me, but it all kind of comes down to building relationships for the cooperative. Yeah. So what is your current role then? What do you, what you, do you do? Yep. You mentioned it, key accounts and community relations. And I just try to keep people happy. <laughs> if they call into the co-op, they trying to figure out, because even internally, it's difficult to know exactly who to go to at times. Mm -hmm. So as a member to try to call internally, you don't really know all the times uh, where to go. So uh, by being able to connect the dots to those members yeah. to be able to help them through maybe a problem or a situation that they're experiencing. So when would you, you know, send somebody to Ben? What does Ben do? Yeah. So <laughs> my job is to maybe even uncover some of those situations early on. So if someone's asking about renewables or they're asking about electric vehicles, that's when I start to get our beneficial electrification manager, Ben Pearson, involved in the conversation. <laughs> so, Ben, would you explain your role? What's what's happening over there? Yeah. So, um, like you said, I'm the manager of beneficial electrification, which is a newer department that we created. Um, and it kind of revolves around the newer technologies that are coming around, coming out for electric industry. Um, electric vehicles is a big one. Jay mentioned renewables as well. Um, we'll be getting into battery storage. Uh, but then also um, we have our wiring department in my in under my department as well. Um, and they do a lot of uh, load management type things, submetering, um, and uh, they deal with our water heater program too. So I kind of oversee all of that stuff on, in my department. Um, and yeah, I guess don't sell yourself short, Jay. You're, you're a great <laughs> asset to Sioux Valley right. Energy. All right, good deal. <laughs> 
So Ben, have you been with Sioux Valley for a long time then? Yeah, 11 years. Ever since I graduated from SDSU with electrical engineering, I interned for Sioux Valley while I was there. Uh, and I was very fortunate for them to have a, a full-time position open up. And I was glad to stay in the area because I was born and raised here and uh, I love the area. So. And you live out in the metro, is that right? Yeah, Del Rapids is hey, where I live. Yep. There you go. Del Rapids is the place to be. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, how long have you been with Sioux Valley? Yeah, it's coming up on five years already. And uh, when Ben, when I first started at Sioux Valley, he was our system engineer. So I came with him uh, with other different questions and topics uh, (laughs) relating back to how our grid works. So again, I really go to him a lot as my uh, subject matter expert. Well, there you go. Jay, you mentioned members. Mm -hmm. Now, why... Is what what is a member to Sioux Valley Energy? Yeah, so we're a little bit different. Uh, the co-op world versus a investor-owned utility, maybe like an Excel. We, you know, electrons or electrons, as our general manager likes to call it, <laughs> but it's how we deal with uh, the people that uh, we serve, and so we call them member consumers because really. They own the co-op. We mm-hmm. work for those members. And uh, I don't know if you've heard the the term one voice, one vote. They have uh, board of directors. Our board of directors are elected by our membership. And we host district meetings uh, every March mm-hmm. to give our members what's going on in the co-op world. What What's going to affect, really, their back pocketbook. Yeah. What What is the region that your co-op um, has? What's... What's the service territory? Yeah, so we service uh, all of Minnehaha County, Lincoln, Moody, Brookings, and then we serve two counties over in southwest Minnesota, Rock and Pipestone County. And so that is mostly in the rural areas? Yeah, that's a good question. So we do serve a handful of communities within those uh, counties, but yes, it's it's all of the, for the most part, most of the rural areas in, in those counties. Yeah, a couple of the bigger towns we serve is like Brandon and Hartford. Okay. Uh, those are on the outskirts of Sioux Falls. Uh, we, we're the primary electric provider for those. Um, and then Sioux Falls is really starting to grow into our territory. Mm-hmm. Um, so as, I mean, it, it's already starting, but as the years go on, it's just going to be, we're going to serve more and more of Sioux Falls proper. And as part of our public relations department, too, we have to remind ourselves that just because we don't maybe serve like a Garretson mm-hmm. or a Del Rapids even, a lot of our members go there to shop, do yeah. business, uh, have family members that live in those communities. So we are really intertwined a lot. And those communities, you know, those territories, they're pretty set in stone, right? I mean, yep. Yep, that's a defined territory boundary that um, doesn't change between cooperatives and investor-owned utilities, which is what is in Sioux Falls. Um, however, if it's a municipal utility, that boundary can change as the city expands. The municipal electric can expand, mm-hmm. uh, but for the most part, uh, electric boundaries are, are set in stone. And that's why we do have a pretty good relationship with Excel because we know where they're at, they know where we're at, mm-hmm. and we can do a lot of planning and strategy, knowing where those borders are at, so we can make investments into infrastructure throughout the the territory. Yeah. And I mean, you're like you talked about, you know, Sioux Falls is growing into your territory. A lot of our other communities are growing into your territory. And so it's 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 nice, I guess, that those boundaries are set so you can play play fair. You don't have to worry about expanding into other people's areas. Right. And as part of Sioux Metro Growth Alliance, you you, you know, we we enjoy that growth because that just means that we can share those infrastructure costs a large uh, against a whole lot of other people. And uh, it just really helps us offset some of those costs. Yeah. 
And speaking of costs, you know, something I think a lot of people don't understand is the electrical utility world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's it's fairly easy to understand the natural gas. I guess you just get it out of the ground and it comes through the pipeline. But when it comes to electric utility, I flip my switch and my lights come on, but I don't really know, yeah, what powers that? Where does it come from? How does how does the electrical world work, Jay? Mm-hmm. Ben? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's a great question. And, you know, historically um, in our area, so our power provider, our our majority of our power comes from Basin Electric. Okay. Um, And historically that was coal power. Um, I think back in the year 2000, it was like 85% of their power came from coal. Um, Now that has changed over the years and the past 20 years to where it's a, it's a mix. Um, It's, it's coal is still the primary, but wind is huge. Um, I think that makes up about 30% of our sales now. Coal is yep. about 40%. Um, and then you've got some natural gas in there as well. Um, some solar. Um, and the hydro and, too. And and also we have uh, the Western Area Power Administration, which is the dams along the Missouri River. We do have an allocation from them as well. So it's really a mix of different generation sources, uh, which is nice because that uh, enables us to really, uh, it, it's, a, it's a nice diversity mm-hmm. and you're able to have um, between the prices and then also the reliability. Yeah. Um, if you if you're too too far one way or the other, you could have huge price swings and you could have reliability issues. Um, so I feel like we're in a really good spot where we are adopting renewables uh, responsibly mm-hmm. as we go. Um, we always look to uh, our, our power providers do a great job of looking at that. Um, and then also locally, we look at it as well. Um, we have a community solar project that we're working on um, where our members can purchase the output of uh, panels from a solar array that we're putting up. Um, and so we're always looking to expand into renewables um, and then battery storage will be just uh, it, it's it's not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the next step um, will be uh, to we're, we're dabbling that in that right now. And you'll see a lot of that going forward. What can you touch on that briefly? What does that what does battery storage mean? Certainly. Um, so uh, small scale, uh, you can have a battery storage in your house um, and that would provide just backup locally. Um, large scale, it mm-hmm. can provide um backup but also a way to a better way to in- integrate renewables uh, because renewables are such a variable source um, you know sometimes the wind doesn't blow sometimes the sun doesn't shine mm-hmm. um, and batteries are a way to store that energy to be able to use it when you need it so instead of having a gas powered generator you could have a renewable generator that stores the power from the sun certainly Okay. Yep. Okay. That yep. that kind of makes sense. We'll see more and more of that going forward. Right now, it's pretty cost prohibitive. Yeah. Um, but they're coming out with new battery technologies every day. There's so much money being put into battery research um, that we'll see uh, big advancements in that going forward. Yeah. So I guess that's that's sort of what looks towards in the in the future for Sioux Valley Energy. Yeah. Um, do you guys offer programs for those types of things for communities, individuals, businesses? Um, we do. At this point, as far as programs, um, they're more related to, uh, I guess, one of our biggest ones is a water heater program Okay. Uh, where we'll sell a high capacity electric powered water heater for $400, wow. which I don't know if you've tried to buy a, wa- buy a water heater lately. You can't get anywhere near that <laughs> <laughs> price wise. Um, and so that's a huge uh, successful program for us. On the renewable side of things, uh, right now we're just in more of an advisory role. Um, we try to be that trusted expert that you can call um, if you're thinking about renewables. We'll give it to you straight. 
You know, mm-hmm. we, we put up a uh, test project at our Brandon facility, uh, solar uh, array, um, and we've got some good data from that. And we'll we'll let you know, we'll run the numbers for you, um, look at, you know, helping you get solar tax credits and grants and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, we're uh, we're always willing to help um, help out with any of those questions. I think a lot of times our different members, they have different applications, whether yeah. you're running a dairy or whether you're a residential member. And so it's really hard to make some really large program and still not uh, make another member pay for someone else's battery storage. Certainly. And, and that is a huge part of being a cooperative. So we're member owned. Yeah. And so we try to do things fairly for all of our members. Right. And so say if we had huge incentives for somebody to put up a solar array then the rest of our members are going to have to pay for that. And so that's what we really focus on, not cross subsidizing mm-hmm. um, and and really having it be kind of the fairest system that we yeah. can for all of our members. Um, what about maybe electric vehicles? Are there incentives that you guys have for, for people using those? Yes, we do have uh, electric vehicle programs. Uh, we have a $500 purchase EV purchase rebate. Um, so if you purchase a new electric vehicle, you can get a $500 rebate immediately from us for that. Um, and that's really based on, you know, obviously we would get some electric load growth out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of incentivizing people to use electric vehicles um, and charge them at home. Um, we also have uh, an EV ready program, EV uh, new home EV ready program, where you can pre-wire your house to be ready for an electric vehicle charger. You can get a $300 rebate for that. We have a lot of builders taking advantage of that. Um, and then we also have some good rates uh, for electric vehicle charging as well, where you can charge at night for about half the price of electricity that you would normally pay um, if you make sure to only charge your vehicle at night. So, yeah, we we have a bunch of electric vehicle programs and we're always willing to answer any questions that people have about them. Are we seeing a lot more electric vehicles in the Sioux Metro? Yeah, you see more and more. Um, the The most recent um, EV registration data, there was a huge jump from 2020 to 2021. Um, I think it was in the hundreds and now it's over 2000 registered EVs in South Dakota. Um, and I assume that will jump even further in 2022 um, as manufacturers start to come out with different models. Um, you see a lot of Teslas right now, yeah. but now you're starting to see some of these Ford Mustang Mach-E's come out, Ford Lightnings, and every, I mean, if you look at, go to any manufacturer's website, they have an EV model now, mm-hmm. and probably multiple. Um, and so as those become available and start to hit the lots, um, especially if gas prices stay as high as they are, I think you'll see a lot more electric vehicles in the area. This might be a question that you don't know the answer to, but I know that I've seen a lot of stuff with uh, microchips and other things with car manufacturers is that impacting the ability to produce electric vehicles i think the microchip uh, shortage affects both gas and electric vehicles okay. the same okay yeah yeah i think it's it's tough to get any vehicle right now mm-hmm. let, let alone electric vehicle Um, Speaking of electric vehicles, one of the reasons that we wanted to have our conversation now is you guys are hosting an event for electric vehicles. Is that right? Yes. So it's called an EV ride and drive event. Um, It's Thursday, September 29th at the WH Lion Fairgrounds in the East parking lot. So that's the big East parking lot outside the the, uh, stadium. Um, And it's, it's going to be a great event. I recommend anybody that has any interest in electric vehicles at all to come out there, even if you're just curious. Um, we're going to have a bunch of vehicles there to test drive. Um, there'll be a Ford lightning to test drive, which okay. is pretty cool. Cause that's kind of rare, honestly, yeah. to even have one available to test drive. 
Um, there'll be a Mustang Mach-E, there'll be an Audi e-tron, which is a really cool electric vehicle. Um, there'll be some, there'll be a Tesla, a Nissan Leaf. And so there's going to be a good variety of test drive vehicles. We're also doing an EV car show. Um, so that's where some of our members and some of the other people in the area are going to bring their electric vehicles to just show people. Yeah. And the cool thing is you can ask them real world questions. You know, it's, it's one thing to talk to a dealer about it, but it's another thing to talk to an owner mm-hmm. that's gone through, you know, the, the charging issues with electric vehicles and, and the battery, you know, how long does it last? You know, things like that. Um, it's really good to get that perspective from the owner. Um, so in addition to that, we're going to have electric bicycles out there. We're going to have electric lawn and garden equipment, electric golf carts, um, an electric motorcycle from Livewire, uh, uh, from Harley. It's called the Livewire. So it's going to be a great event. There'll be food trucks out there for anybody that's interested in that as well. So um, that's from 4 to 7, Thursday, September 29th, WHLN Fairgrounds East Parking Lot. There you go. Who are you partnering with this event? Yeah, so it's all the local utilities around the Sioux Falls area. So uh, Sioux Valley Energy, Southeastern Electric, East River Electric, which is the power provider for both Southeastern and Sioux Valley. Um, And then we've got Excel Energy. Sioux Falls Power and Light, and then the Sioux Falls Sustainability Committee as well. Okay. So the city is helping out with this project. That's great. I know our, um, you guys are, are headquartered in Brandon, right? Actually Coleman, oh. but we do have our offices over okay. in Brandon, especially as Brandon and Hartford continue to grow. Uh, that's why we have a lot of members over there that we need to be uh, in front of. Um. And we actually we actually just opened up a a new office in Hartford. Hartford. Uh, So we do have our headquarters in Coleman. We have a pretty big office in Brandon. Then we opened up a small outpost in Hartford as well, just to kind of have that um, good member contact. Uh, We want to be able to be there for our members whenever they need us and not have them have to drive so far to see us. Yeah. Uh, What you know, one of those things I think that people realized in the latest storm, having your utility provider on hand is something that's good uh your service terry was hit pretty hard during the the summer storms right the derecho yeah, <laughs> yeah. is that what you're referring to <laughs> yeah, yeah yes yes um have you guys recovered from that was it pretty quick or then yeah i would say at this point we're recovered uh but it, it was a long process um i think the the issue with that derecho especially was there was so much tree damage yeah it really didn't take that many of our poles down like an, like an ice storm takes our poles down that weighs the lines down and then the the wind pushes the lines and then the poles poles fall over this one it was trees blowing into our lines oh. and blowing into our poles um and so it was a it was a mess that way in terms of the tree cleanup aspect. Mm-hmm. And so we had to wait for tree contractors to get around and be able to clean up all of our stuff. Um, and so that's, that was the reason why the initial recovery took so long um, getting everybody back on, which I feel we did a pretty good job of, but then there was a lot of cleanup over the summer, just yeah. Uh, yeah, even after everybody's back on cleaning up the rest of our system. And I think our, our members were very patient through all of that. Um, not to say that you want that kind of widespread devastation, but when you see your neighbors and you're having issues too, they are very much more understanding yeah. than maybe a, an isolated event. We had two graduation ceremonies that were taking place that next weekend after that first derecho. And uh, we worked re- really closely with the school to try to get everything up and running, do some uh, triage of mm-hmm. the system so that they'd be, uh, they could go, go forward on their graduations. And that's one thing about working for a cooperative is I, we, we really care about our members. Mm-hmm. Like they are, they, they own 
the cooperative. Um, and, you know, it's, it's different from working from a, a profit driven company. Um, you know, we every day when we go to work, we say, what what can we do for our members? Our motto is serving our yeah. members always. Um, and so that's uh, for me, it's been a great um, atmosphere to work in uh, that I, I really enjoy. And I, I, I hope that our members um, enjoy that as well. Speaking of, you know, your your members and kind of what you can do for them, what does the the future look like um, for growth for Sioux Valley Energy and and how the growth of the Sioux Metro can can play in that, Jay? We need to wear shades because our future is so bright. <laughs> right. I don't know. That's a deep cut reference. Um, yeah, I would just say we're, we're a growing cooperative. I know that other places around the country or within even the state maybe don't see that type of growth. So we have to strategize a little bit differently um, and to be able to uh, spend our members' money wisely because equipment, materials, labor, they all continue to go up. So we have to really be good stewards of that. Yeah. And I think the exciting thing as far as growth goes is the, especially in the Sioux Falls area, I think there's a lot of um, appetite for kind of moving into the surrounding area, not necessarily living in Sioux Falls. Mm -hmm. And there are a bunch of great small towns right outside of Sioux Falls that are in kind of the Sioux Metro that um, it's it's exciting to see them grow. Um, And then also from the electrification side of things, you know, we mentioned beneficial electrification um, and that's essentially it's fuel switching to an electric source where it makes sense mm-hmm. um, and so it, it you know it, it's where it makes uh, sense saving a little money and where it can reduce greenhouse gas emissions um, and so with that it comes a load growth as well um, so you know we talked about electric vehicles uh, the more electric vehicles that come on the system the more load there is on the system and it's it's a it's a good thing for us but it's also a challenge for us that's awesome. You mentioned, you know, those those small towns out in the metro. And we have one last question always for our for our guests that um, we like to throw out there because our goal as Sioux Metro Growth Alliance is to get more people exploring the metro, um, whether that is a day trip out or, you know, finding your forever home out in our communities. Um, so our last question is always, what's your favorite hidden gem out there in the Sioux Metro? It can be a restaurant. It can be a recreation area, something that you go out and do out there. Uh, what types of hidden gems are you guys finding out in the metro? Hat tip to the game fishing parks are camping, um, whether it's Big Sioux, Palisades, Lake Vermilion. Uh, I think our state does a great job and you don't have to go that far to get out into nature. So I would say the the camping or South Dakota game fishing parks uh, are the hidden gems around this part of the state. All right. That's a good answer. I mean, I've got to give my shout out to Del Rapids. That's where I live. <laughs> and so that's my hidden gem. But no, I think uh, um, just in general, the the amount of, like I talked about, the small communities around Sioux Falls that are growing. You know, you talk about Brandon, Hartford, Crooks, Colton, Baltic, Del Rapids. Um, you know, there are so many good communities that are, you know, they're starting to put up new schools and, you know, they're getting other businesses coming into town and they're they're becoming awesome communities to live in and raise a family in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that for me is the, you know, everybody, Sioux Falls is great and the growth is great and there's so many things going on here. But I think some people that live in Sioux Falls don't know how good it is outside Sioux Falls as well, you know. Um, and so I'd encourage people to kind of explore that as well. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We've enjoyed having you guys and talking a little bit about, you know, what makes our lights come on. Thanks, Sheldon. Thank you.
And to our listeners, make sure you tune in next time for another great conversation on Growing Places, the regional podcast brought to you by Sumetra Growth Alliance, where we talk about the people, places, and businesses that make this the place to call home. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Growing Places. Follow us on social media at Sue Metro. Tune in next time to the next episode of Growing Places and always leave things better than the way you found them.